0: Suppose we had a word from God, and then suppose that that word explained to us God's desires for our lives. How would you treat that word? So that's what we're going to look about today as we uh, muse for a minute about the thought process of Because God Said So. So I want to start with the scripture really before jumping into the musing today, really just to read a few verses in Hebrews chapter 12, and I'll start at, start at the fifth verse of Hebrews chapter 12, and I want to read this first and then kind of go into the musing uh, because God said so, and I'm hoping that this scripture kind of makes us think a little bit as really once again i see that i believe that scripture ought to always make us think um why is this written why is it why is this said um what 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 is this about what's the purpose of this one that's what scripture ought to do for us um really calls us to to think so let's start by i read these verses in hebrews 12 starting at the fifth verse So it says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him, for whom the Lord loves he chastens, and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? Wow. I mean, it's hard to not stop and even look at some of these scriptures, um, just considering uh, parenting and things like that. But that's that's not quite the, the point. So verse eight going on. But if you are without chastening of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. I'm going to say that's that's far enough. Um, So why this scripture as far as the thought process goes? Why did I want to read this one? I love uh, the question in verse Nine, uh, or the statement, however you want to look at it, where it says, Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? I love that thought process and the question that comes with it. We had parents who corrected us, guardians, whatever. That's not the point if it was your parent or not. We had somebody who offered us correction. When we were younger, and that's even if your parents weren't the the type to spank. Uh, hopefully, they offered some form of correction. Uh, you know, the punishments, whatever it is, people, you know, discipline or chasing children in different ways, whatever it was, we all had some guardian, some parent, some figurehead that offered us correction. Hopefully. Um, and again, I don't want to get too much off course about why I say hopefully, but it's necessary for a child to have some form of correction. Uh, but again, that's that's a different thought process out of that correction, out of that chastening that we got from whoever the individual was. We learned to respect them, um, even if the respect was temporary, even if it was forced, even if it was created out of fear, we learned to respect that individual. Who offered us correction, even if it was a dishonest respect where I was respecting them grudgingly, you know, because I felt the need to while they were around, whatever it was. The whole point that I see here is him saying we had these human parents, just regular humans who corrected us um, the way they thought was best. And we paid them respect, even though they may have been wrong in the way they corrected us. We still offered them respect. All this is going to get to the point of what you know, the the what what I want us to look at as regard to this or in regard to this musing. Um, so considering that that we had normal humans who, at some point in our lives, were the figurehead who corrected us, chastised us, whatever we had these individuals and were able to respect them. How then if God can offer us words of wisdom or correction, how can we receive that without 100, 1000 times the amount of respect? That's why I wanted to use this scripture just to, to reason together for a moment if god can offer us words of wisdom or correction how do we not respect that how do we not respect him in his words of correction and once again that's something to, to pause and think about right there um because and, and it'll challenge us more as we go through when you hear words from god do you even consider them or do you reject them or do you just take them as random advice? Now, before we really get into it and look at uh, some more scripture, there is something to realize. And unfortunately, most people don't honor God as God. And I guess I better explain what I mean by that. To honor God as God will mean that we honor God as the absolute creator of everything of all things of wisdom of knowledge of truth we will recognize god as the complete and utter sovereign of the world the only legit sovereign in creation who is absolutely free to do what he sees fit um, who created everything we know as knowledge or wisdom we have to understand comes from god and outside of that is only some form of corruption of knowledge or wisdom it all comes from him now since most people don't honor god that way um they have an issue already with what i would be suggesting here that we respect the wisdom that comes from god because they might look at god instead of as that sovereign who has no one he has to answer to instead of saying God that way um, they might see words from God as stuff to criticize to converse about um, to look at as opinion to take into consideration these people don't honor God as God so that's what I mean when I say that that many people most I'm going to use the word most here I'm going to throw that one out there most people don't honor God as God and sadly that's even most people who would consider themselves to be Christian or to be um, a follower of God or follower of Christ most fall into the category of not honoring God as God and that's not the, the emotional worship I'm not talking about that I'm talking about honoring him through saying, hey, God said this, boom, it's done. How do I do it? That that's when we honor God as God, not with the the tears. The tears are useless if you don't do what he says. In case you don't know, I will muse about that some other time, I'm sure. But all the emotional stuff is useless if you don't actually do what he says to do. Um obedience is better than sacrifice as I believe it says in Samuel. Um, And that's just just the truth of it. Obedience is always better than sacrifice. Um, And I think that Samuel speaking to King Saul. Um, But, yeah, we have so many people who don't honor God as God. So this musing, I would say, is mostly for those who claim to honor God as God and who accept his words as truth. So not to exclude anyone, but, you know, these musings, I just want people to think about the truth, the scripture, of the truth of God, um, not to really uh, argue a point. So this musing is going to be for people who do honor God as God, who do realize that, hey, if God said it, I need to get myself in line with it, whether it is accepting it or following it or whatever it is. Um, this musing will be more for those individuals who recognize God as God and honor him as such. Uh, so... I mean, to those who don't accept that we have words from God, this musing pretty much won't challenge them at all. And there are many people and some of them actually claim to be saved, to be of Christ. I don't get that. Um, I guess that's another thought process to look at how that's almost impossible. Um, but yeah, there are those who claim to follow Christ and yet don't accept that we have words from God through Scripture. And that's yeah, That's definitely something we have to, to do a musing on. Why we ought to trust the Bible as having words from God in it. But we won't do that now. We'll kind of stay focused. But yeah, those who don't accept that we have words from God, inspired by God to us, to hold on, to live by things like that. I mean, they won't be challenged by this music. Okay, won't challenge them because they, I mean, it's simple. They don't respect or they don't honor God. Or the Word of God enough to believe that okay look this is something that came from God so instead of me trying to do away with it or Remove the meaning from it uh, Let me see how I can follow it, you know, which is what the thought process ought um, To be you know, but again if they don't accept we have those words Then there won't be that thought process so that aside to those who do fear God, to those who do honor God, respect God, to those who do see words from God and say, OK, I got to do it. We, and that's who we want to be. OK, just to, to, to make it very plain, we want to be those who say, oh, God said this. So I'm going to do it first. And even if I don't understand, it, I'll figure it out later. But that, I mean, that kind of goes with the thought process of this musing because God said so. Um so let's kind of go on this. This is for those who, who do honor God. Um, and I hear a lot of questions, whether they're asked to me or I just hear them in conversation. I get a lot of questions or comments about why God does what God does, why God allows what he allows, but even also why he does what he does. Okay, that I mean, that's what I want to look at, because to anybody who is remotely into Scripture, we understand that. God has a plan so in allowing things it all is a part of his plan but we'll look at God's plan more but this is mostly to those who say why does God do what God does why should we hold um, why should we hold to the things that God says okay and now so again first we see that this is somebody who would ask this somebody who accepts that we have words from God and we can find the majority of those words in scripture. Okay. And again, you know, we'll, we'll do amusing about why I believe we absolutely can trust the words that we have through scripture. Um, But using this first scripture in Hebrews, I use this first scripture um, with this thought process because A lot of us had parents, we even see it in jokes today, that we use the term because I said so. So that's why I titled this music because God said so. Because a lot of us had parents who said because I said so. And we were forced to respect them in that we either respected them in it or we were forced to respect it. Even if we didn't like it, Um, depending on your grade of parent, I guess. But we all had parents that said something like Because I said so, whether it's about the rules or you don't know what's best for you or whatever it was, however old you were when it stopped. At some point, generally speaking, we encountered the thought process because I said so. And we were forced or chose or whatever to respect that thought process. So the heart of my musing is this. Would it not be enough for you? Now, here's the time to muse for yourself if god's reasons were because i said so now i wish i could pause for you because um this is a pause moment for you to to, to stop i don't want to just sit in silence or i would pause for you but you're probably bored of the silence but if god's reasons were because i said so just stop for a second and ask yourself is that good enough for me i mean just really think about that if if God, i mean now I'm going to give a bunch of reasons why I think we can trust God, you know, but uh, even if that was it, if God gave no explanation through scripture, but you believe we have his word and he simply said every once in a while in scripture, because I said so, or whatever, spiritually speaking to us, if he said, because I said so, would that be enough for you? Just, just ask, ask yourself that, um, you know, I know one thing that it, it's kind of sad, but when the saints gather, you know, we tend to lie to each other because it sounds good. So, oh yeah, I absolutely. Well, I mean, now it's just you, you know, or or what, whatever, you know, as you're listening to this in your own mind. If somebody's with you, whatever it is, just to yourself. Just ask yourself this question: Would it be enough for you if God simply said, "Because I said so"? Now. I believe the answer should be yes. I believe the answer should be yes. If God simply said, I said, because I said so, I'm not giving you a reason. I want you to do this because I said so. I wanna share why I believe you should be able to accept that as one who does honor God as God. And as you may expect, the Bible is not silent on this. And I'm gonna give you scriptures to show that that we have um reason and scripture uh to show us that there's great reason to trust God. Um there there's great reason to to trust God and to be able to accept God saying, I put this into place and leaving it at that. I mean, how great would that be as far as trust goes if When contending for the truth, I was able to say, oh, God said it without having to feel like I'm defending God. Uh, Brothers and sisters, we never should feel like we need to defend God. Who can I mean, think about it. Who can stand against God that I need to defend him? And uh, let's go right into scripture because I want to jump ahead of myself. But I mean, it's just it's crazy to me that Christians are so easily put on their heels by certain questions it's unbelievable to me that the saints get embarrassed having to answer questions about god it's it's unbelievable to me god said this and i don't need to backpedal um because what are you going to do about it yeah god said this you know, I mean, what are you going to? I mean, and, and again, I'm not going to try to create, you know, analogies of silly things. But I mean, whatever it was, well, whatever thing somebody might want to mock or make fun of, why, why, why would that make you, as somebody who accepts the truth of God, um, how could that cause you to feel ashamed or embarrassed? If God said this, I don't care what you think about it. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, He said it. Now what? But let's let's go to go to First Corinthians, and um, this is a scripture I absolutely love. So I'm going to read this one verse by itself uh, because it's just the wording of it is is beautiful. I think. Um, but the the first thing I would say is God's foolishness, and I got to read this after I say that because you know what? But First Corinthians chapter one, verse twenty-five says, uh, "The foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger." than men um and i, I just i just absolutely love that that scripture because it puts things into perspective and now first for the uh the mistaken literalist um this is a manner of speaking and what i mean by the mistaken literalist you know there are those who say every single thing of the bible you got to look at absolutely literally well if you believe that then you're saying that god is has foolish parts about him and he has weak parts about him he doesn't this is a figure of speech Okay, so when it says the foolishness of God, he has no foolishness. It's a figure of speech that simply means the simplest thing about God is wiser than the wisest part of men. And we talk about something to stop and muse over. The simplest thing, God creating whatever, you know, uh, uh, a gnat, you know, a a little bug or something that you see no reason for in creation, took more power and wisdom than the greatest thing men can do I mean that's that's awesome the foolishness of God okay so by no way is this saying that God has any foolishness in himself it's just saying in comparison to the greatest accomplishment a man can have the foolishness of God is much greater than that the The easiest thing the simplest thing uh, as far as creation goes of God is greater is wiser took more knowledge and information than the greatest thing men could ever create Wow I mean as your if you're a person who's really obsessed with technology just just you, you want to know how to honor God even in that well, I don't know if you can but you look at your your newest device your most high tech device and just remind yourself man the slightest thing the smallest thing that God has done took more wisdom Than this unbelievable device I'm holding the weakest thing, though, the 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 slightest thing, again, of God's power is stronger than the greatest weapon men could have ever created. So to me, this to me and and now I'm, I'm just going through why I believe the answer should be yes. If God, if God simply said, because I said so, what I'm what I'm trying to do is give you reasons why I believe that should be enough. And this is my first one. God's foolishness. The slightest thing that God has made, the weakest part of God, figuratively speaking, is wiser, is stronger than the greatest accomplishments of any man. So if I can accept because I said so from a human, what a fool I would be to not be able to accept it from God. When I can realize that the simplest thing of his creation, of his being is a million times stronger than the greatest accomplishment of any human how could i accept from any human this is true because then they give you an opinion how could i accept that from them any human and not be able to receive it from god this is why i say people don't honor god as god they don't really believe god is god because if you believed that about god this one verse the foolishness of god is wiser the men and the weakness of god is stronger than men If you believe that honestly, how could you not take everything he says and make that your basis for living? I mean, how could you look at some philosopher, some man, you know, some 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 any man, whoever you value and put on your shirts or whatever it is? You know, this was a great person. How could you value anything that foolish human says and not the words of God and not find yourself to be a fool? When it says the foolishness of God is wiser than anything a man could ever say. And yet we can look at the words of God and say, huh, I don't know about that. I don't know if I agree with that. Well, who cares? God said it, right? That's my whole point. There's not an inch of ignorance in God because he knows everything. Just consider that little process. There's not one piece of anything that God does not understand completely. So for him to say something and for you, however old you may be, you're still nothing compared to how long God has been. So for him to say that anything and for us to question it justifiably in our own minds is unbelievably arrogant, ignorant, all of those wonderful words. So that's my first reason. This one verse right here, how why I believe we should be able if God said simply because he said so that this scripture for me is the first reason or now i'm not going to put them in order but this is a reason a strong reason why i would say if god just said because i said so i would have to accept it i would have to i feel like i have no choice because the his simplest thing is a million times wiser than the most complex thought men have ever had You think about science and God just spoke, and science was there. Then you have all these incredibly smart people working for years and years, and then oh no, look, I just discovered this tiny little thing that gets me a little closer to that tiny little thing, and God just spoke, and that thing that there it took them years to discover just came into being. I mean, come on, it's it's unbelievable. But here's here's another thought, though, and I I want to go to the next scripture. I don't want to belabor that point, even though I could. I think it's justifiable simply comparing wisdoms you know god's wisdom versus man's wisdom there are some people who other people follow without question just all this person was so wise this person was so great that's how i want to live this is my idol this is my whatever while god is sitting right there saying oh this is life (laughs) the maker of life is saying hey guys this is what life is about and we're saying oh that's an interesting thought but did you hear what that person said who's the real fool I mean you look at the foolishness of God I think I mean it's just it's crazy but here's the next though why I believe that we should be able to accept the I said souls of God his plan and this I I, I mean to, to me should be pivotal to anybody who understands Christ and salvation the plan of God because And let me give you my point, then we'll look at some scripture. Because we know that God has planned things out, I should be able to trust his I said so simply because of his plan. In other words, because I know that he doesn't just do stuff haphazardly or on a whim, I should be able to trust that knowledge when something comes about that seems like god just said so i don't i I don't get it but god said it um i accept his word i accept truth that um is confirmed by his spirit I, i i recognize this is from god and i accept that because i know he has a plan just a few scriptures with that psalm 33 uh verse 11 says the counsel of the lord stands forever the plans of his heart to all generations i love i mean scriptures like that that just reminds us that um yeah the 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 plan of god nobody can shake nobody can move um nobody can alter god's plans if he does not want them to be altered If he does not want them to be altered. I mean, you look at sometimes when like with uh, Moses or Abraham, when you see God saying, I'm about to do this. And then they step up and say, "Um, "Okay, God, you know, please don't. You know, and God says, "Okay." you really think God didn't know that was going to (laughs) happen? That was more of a test than anything. If he just wanted to do it, he would have just done it. He doesn't need to ask them. That was a test to them to see what they would say, "Hey, Moses, I'll make you a great people. Let me destroy these complaining Israelites, and I'll raise a people up after you." Moses says, "No, don't do that. Because then how would people look at you? That was a test for Moses' sake. God didn't need Moses' counsel. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. If God has a plan, it won't be altered, but the beauty is, God has a plan. And through scripture, we see that plan again and again. Another one, Romans 11, uh, 34. I um, mean, this actually comes from a scripture in Isaiah. I think I'll read that too. But Romans 11, 34 says, for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor? And awesome. I mean, this just goes to the mind, the plans, the, the thought process of God. He does not just do stuff because he has the power just to do it. He plans first. He sets things in order and then does them. And because he's not like us, short on time, he works his plans out perfectly because he doesn't have to rush. See, people plan to whatever, retire or to go here, go there. So we got to try to squeeze things together so we can do this before we die, before we get too old or before, I mean, whatever Have before the summer's over. Well, I mean, whatever it is, people make plans with the. Time limiting them god doesn't so his plans can be absolutely perfect because nothing can get in the way nothing can mess them up there's no force that can change them he is absolutely independent of a judge and therefore when he sets a plan in motion we can trust that the plan is absolutely perfect also because he can see things before they happen so back to the vote process, how could I trust your, because I said so, or my parents, because I said so, and not God, knowing this about God's plans? If I know that God has the power to make absolutely perfect plans, how could I not be confident that when he says, because I said so, it's not absolutely the best thing to happen? How could I? Whatever it is, I don't care what happens. I don't care what happens. And some things that happen, bad things, are just humans living in their corruptions. That's one thing. Maybe we'll talk about that, uh, you know, sometime. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, just humans living in their corruption, doing stuff. I mean, that's, you know, that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the things that God does or has done. We absolutely can trust because it was all planned out. Just looking at that scripture that Romans 11 comes from is in Isaiah um chapter 40 i'll read the 13th verse which says who has directed the spirit of the lord or as his counselor has taught him i love those verses like that who who did it which one of you listening was able to teach god something isn't that crazy about humans how we think god changes because we do isn't that a laugh isn't that a joke (laughs) <laughs> that we really believe God should change because we change culture changes every few years and we think God should change with it I'll tell you what if that was God I would want no parts of that I will want no parts of a God who changed because of you Because you feel differently today you woke up in a different mood or with a different desire So now God should uh, cater to your desire. That's not a God if that's your God your God is weak I don't fear your God at all. If that's your God, if he changes because you woke up in a different mood, you can have him. He's useless. He's powerless. I thank God that he's not like that. I thank God that he does not change based on how you feel. I mean, all you got to do is look through history and look at the different ways people have felt. You really want a God who changes with that? You're the fool, I would say. I don't want God to change with culture or with time or with emotion that's not God at all. That's that's a human, a weak human at that, a politician, maybe definitely not a God. Knowing how fallible we are, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself a, a little bit, but I mean, that's that's God has a plan. Why do I think we can trust the Because I said so, of God, because he's not us. He's not moved by the winds of time. He's not moved by the progression of culture and society. He has made a plan, and it was perfect when he made it. That's awesome stuff. Another example, though, I want to use this scripture here. Um, I write down a bunch of scriptures for myself when I do these, and you know, I'm free to move them around where they fit. So I think this one fits here uh, as a great example of God's plan. Romans chapter 5 and verse 6. And I love this one. It says, For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. I love that one as far as the, the plan goes because it shows how everything works out the way God means it to work out. In other words, when we were still with our strength in due time, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Why did Christ come when he when he came? Because it was the due time. And that's just beautiful. I mean, that's, that's absolutely awesome. To the saints, all right, those who... Um, God does love and he shows his love through chastening correction whatever it is we can have that same faith why does this happen to us when this happens to us due time Christ died for us while we were still without strength at the right time when you read that scripture have that in your mind beside it in due time Christ died for the ungodly. When the time was per when the when the right time had come, he died for the ungodly. That is an absolutely powerful scripture as to why we can trust the I say it so of God. Why hasn't Christ returned yet? Because it's not the time. Why isn't it the time? I don't know. You could ask somebody else who, you know, maybe they'll feel they can give you the answer. I'm really not worried about why it's not the time. So I'm just worried about what God wants me to do now. While I have time to redeem the time. But it says when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's the beautiful plan of God. Christ did not come into the world a second before he was supposed to. and he and he didn't stay for a second longer than he was supposed to. He was completely obedient to God, the father, and he did exactly what he was supposed to do at exactly the time when he was supposed to do it. That's planning. So God says, well, I said so. And you've got a problem with that, though, you know, you can't even plan your week out successfully. And God planned the whole creation out, the whole timeline of our existence. God planned out perfectly. You don't want your your plans for tomorrow messed up. And yet you still want to challenge God. And the you, of course, is general. You, me, whatever. But God has planned everything out from the beginning So that they happen when they're supposed to happen. And yet if he were to say. Do this because I said to do this. We would have a problem with it. Again I never feel the need. To defend God. Because we're so foolish. Anybody who can justify that. I mean yeah you know. I know nobody likes being called a fool. But come on how are you not a fool. If you can justify. You know accepting your own foolishness because more than anybody else you know your your limited ability to make anything happen and yet here is god who set forth a plan from the beginning and let's look at more scripture here let's look at more scripture here to really nail this point home um let's go to hebrews in the fourth chapter speaking of you know these plans of God, let's look at these at the foundation. So, Hebrews chapter 4, in the third verse, and it says, Um, let me see, for we who have believed do enter that rest, as He has said. So, I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although, and this is the part I really want you to see, but why not read the whole verse? Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Wow. I mean, if that's not comforting, if that if that doesn't make you say, man, I trust God, I don't care about what's going on, because look at what this says. The works were finished. From the foundation of the world, who makes plans that good? One thing I would say should be clear to any of us, you or I most certainly don't. We don't have the power to make plans that good. We don't. I mean, it's it's, it's the the weakness of our flesh of who we are we don't have the ability to make plans that are that good for the works to be done before they even began I mean another evidence in, in first Peter uh, in chapter 1 and the 20th verse says he indeed was foreordained speaking of Christ before the foundation of the world manifesting these last times for you Who through him believe in god raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in god but christ it says was foreordained before the foundation of the world that takes wisdom i mean it also takes power to be able to actually do it but it's a wisdom that we can learn to actually trust when the plan is already finished and god is the one who started and finished the plan the author and the finisher since he's the one who did it absolutely i can trust when he says do it i should be able. i mean how many people in our lives have convinced us just to do something or to trust them whatever it might be and we did it and we're going to hold god in question it makes no sense i mean another example in revelation i'll give one more example through scripture I'm um, in the 13th chapter of revelation in the 8th verse That speaks um, all who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in The book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the word. I just want us to see that again In the end of scripture we once again see how all this was done before the foundation See, so when we compare ourselves to God, one thing we have to see is that we are extremely short-sighted compared to a God who has already seen the whole thing. I mean, we're stuck in the present day as far as our time goes, so much so that we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow, not Piece by piece, not minute by minute guaranteed. We don't know. God has already seen it. So for God to say. This is how it is. How do you not trust that? So, I mean, these few scriptures that we went through, I think give evidences as to if God were to say, because I said so, how that should be unbelievably powerful to us. Somebody who is unequally wise um, and uncorrupted by time, uncorrupted by culture how we are and I mean if if anybody's being honest I don't really think they can question the fact that culture corrupts Uh, because just look at any one of us and how easily we are moved by trend by what's popular now I still think it's crazy that people Think they will want that God It's foolish I mean it's absolutely insane for people to think They will want a God who's corrupted by time 50 years ago, 100 years ago 500 years ago People change and change and change It's insane to think I will want a God Who changes with that God is uncorrupted by time He's unmoved by culture So his plan We can trust that it has always Been his plan he knew exactly what was going to happen in every piece, and the plan was already laid. In that, he allowed it to occur because he already had a plan for how he would bring salvation. He already plant had a plan for when the pages were turned and what would come next. He already had a plan for these things. So, in the in that in that he already had a plan for these things, he allowed these things to happen. Whatever thing you're you're looking at, thinking of scripture or out, he knew this was going to happen. Generations change all the time. What you stand for now, what you'll uh, protest for and fight for, your children will fight for something different. The rights, freedoms, desires, whatever you want, the people that come after you will want something different. Or if they get it because of what you did, then they'll find something else that they want or they'll want to go back to what it was before. That's humans. Humans are inconsistent just in that fact alone we can say god is way more trustworthy than any individual all you have to do honestly is think about how often you've changed your mind about something throughout your life and you feel like it happens because you're getting wiser and yet tomorrow you'll change your mind again and it'll happen again and again and again till you leave this place And even on your deathbed, if you have a deathbed and, you know, something tragic doesn't happen, you'll still be one having questions about things. And yet when God says, if God were to say, do this, it's a problem. That's my whole point here. See, what causes for me musings like this is when I hear people question God, the workings of God, how God does this or how God does that. And it makes me think of, generally speaking, um, how foolish people are and how there are individuals who we respect enough that we never question and yet if we claim to honor God as God and to respect him as such how are we so free to question him when we don't question them let I me mean, just think about some of the foolish things you believe when you were younger you know and whether you were 20 minutes younger or 20 years younger or whatever it might be Think of some of the foolish things you believed Think of some of the foolish things when you were a teenager You thought were important in life And how looking back in your 30s You say man was I a fool You don't think it's going to be the same thing When you're 60 And yet here you are that 30 or whatever you're I'm just spitting numbers out And you're saying God why are you this or that I don't like that I mean who's really the fool This is why again like I say I feel no need to defend God In front of men because who's really the fool all we have to do is look in the mirror at our past selves and we should be able to know immediately i cannot trust that person i'm looking at because when i was younger he believed that nonsense look at what he did when he was younger because that was trendy look at that fool and that's who i want god to follow because that's how it is right every time we have an epiphany we want god to follow if I XYZ, God should just let me do this and be happy that I'm happy or whatever it is, whatever the new thing is. We tell God what he should be incensed about. Even though we didn't even care about that thing five months ago. <laughs> it's crazy. So here 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 will be a, a point for you. Just because you don't consider or can't figure something out doesn't mean it's it's flawed from God. Cause you gotta understand, some things are very simply come from lack of study or lack of willingness to accept the truth. And I'm speaking of those, you know, the foolishness of God. Okay, that, that simple wisdom that's so much greater than the, the greatest wisdom of men. Sometimes people run into stuff that doesn't make sense to them in their corrupt mind and say, I don't, I don't, I can't accept that from God. Well here's what you have to understand. He's not the one who's been corrupted. You are. And therefore, maybe the problem isn't in what he said, but in your ability to accept that thing because you've been corrupted. He has not. He cannot be corrupted. He cannot be tempted with evil. He has no desire uh, to sin or anything like that. He can't sin. Sin is against him. So you have a problem with something God said, but you say you trust that God said it. That's what I'm speaking to. If you don't regard God again, you get nothing from this. I can't help you. For those who regard God. I have a problem with God saying this or that. Well, here's the thing. Chances are the problem is with you and not with God. That's your starting point. Maybe you haven't studied enough that it makes sense to you. Maybe you haven't prayed enough about it. Some people just pretend that they're okay with stuff. I feel I was raised in church where people just pretended everything was okay. This didn't make sense. That didn't make sense. Those people don't make sense. This doesn't make sense. Oh, well, it's church. I grew up in that type of church where you just pretended or just didn't talk about the fact that, okay, this and this don't make sense don't be that maybe it's that you haven't studied or don't you know haven't prayed to receive something that seems to be confusing to you but either way here's the point if you trust that it's god's word sometimes it's simply because look as far as i know right now that's what god wants i don't know why you can't be afraid to say that i'll pray about it i'll study i'll try to find it but right now hey god said it i'm good with that i'll figure it out I want to be in line with what he said, but it's a fool who says, look, that doesn't make sense to me. So it can't be true. I'm going to do away with that part. You don't have the wisdom to make that decision when God has all the wisdom. And again, you have to understand you are corrupted. We've all been corrupted. So it could be that in the flesh you're saying, I don't want that to be true. I don't want to receive that. So again, that's not a a condemnation of God. It's a condemnation of you. But here's the bottom line as far as this music goes. Most of the time, God does give us reason behind his means. I mean, he, he seriously does. I mean, if we look at scripture and we study it, we actually can see so often um, the reason behind why God makes the decisions that he makes. Uh, some, a lot of times it's as simple as, as studying and, you know, and we'll find those things. Why this? Why that? Um, why should we be this way or that way in life? Uh, why should this be our attitude? Why should we not be slaves to culture or to whatever it is? Um, why should my focus be on this? Why should, my, why should I not chase money? Why should I not chase things um, or people or whatever it is? So many of those things are in scripture if we would study it. If we would look, if we would listen to his spirit, so many of things are very easily discerned. But that's the thing. I mean, God usually does give us reasons. However, in those times where you find yourself in disagreement with something that God has said, just remember, he said so. And I believe that should be good enough for the one who is his child. Because we have evidence that he's wise, that he's good, that he has a perfect plan that was laid before the foundation of the world. From the beginning, these plans were laid. So if I do find myself saying, I don't get this thing or that thing about God or whatever it is, I should have the ability to trust him because of the evidence he leaves behind. I should have the ability to trust him enough so that I can say, you know what? I don't get it now, but I know who I'm dealing with. I trust his wisdom. And so I'm going to leave it there. I need to find out what i have a problem with or how to get in line or what i don't understand but i know that he is trustworthy above all so that's it that's what i want us to to muse about because god said so um if you can trust any individual if you've ever been able to trust an individual mom dad this famous person that whatever this book that book this philosophy that philosophy whatever it is how much more ought we to be able to trust the I said souls of God so that's the music that's something that I think we really can think about and try try within ourselves to really consider do I really because it goes back to this do I really honor God as God enough to trust him when he says or when I feel he's saying simply because I said so